0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the BAMcast. I'm your host, Baker Shields, and it is my goal to help you to learn, grow, and evolve by any means necessary. Today's episode, we have Alfonso Lopez. Expect to learn about his journey losing over 100 pounds and competing in a bodybuilding show, how he played an instrumental role in two wildly successful startups in the health and fitness and nutrition space, and a ton more about self-improvement bodybuilding, mindset, development, how you can kind of just get better in all areas of life. He is an absolute quote fiend and it was great Um, for me, from my perspective, it was extremely fun to just go back and forth with him on our quotes and just kind of talk about the topic of self-development altogether. It's actually his birthday, so I know for his birthday, speaking for him, he would really like it if you guys would like this video, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow the show if you're watching on any type of an audio platform and leave it a review if you guys get something out of it. Without further ado, let's hop right in. All right, Alfonso Lopez. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you? I am good. Happy freaking birthday. As of the day we're recording this, it is your 26th birthday. How do you feel?
1: Uh I feel older. I definitely yeah. feel like as you get older like you pass 25, it's just I don't like calling it downhill, but like each birthday just isn't like this major celebration. I feel yeah, like, yeah, Um, So I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, another day, uh, and everyone's texting me, which I'm really grateful for. But it's just like another yeah. day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like birthdays kind of lose their their luster as you get older, and it's just kind of like it becomes another another day. But you were telling me you have a pretty cool trip planned. Um, yeah, tomorrow
1: going to uh, going to LA tomorrow. Um, yeah. Had a random plane ticket I needed to use uh, that I, I had a plane ticket that I had last year that I canceled the trip on because a buddy was no longer going to be there and I needed to to use it before the end of the year. So LA just kind of came to mind plus the plane, the plane, the total cost of the flight was pretty cheap compared to other areas. So I was just like, I'm just going to take advantage of this and then go from there. So don't even have my Airbnb picked out yet. We're just kind of winging it.
0: Awesome that's yeah you're you're i feel like you did that back in wisconsin when we traveled for the the uh, uh crossfit games and then you kind of end up like because of a plane mishap you were kind of ended up stuck there and you just like you walked around the city of wisconsin madison wisconsin for i don't even know you had like thirty thousand steps and you just walked around for a day basically well, you're bad. just like that's that takes a certain level of just like self-confidence and just curiosity and everything just to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go on my own and go explore and have fun.
1: Yeah. I think that's uh, not necessarily story of my life, but I definitely take that approach to a lot of things. So yeah, it just kind of is what it is. That's I, I awesome. like, I like uncertainty, so it's cool.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, well, I kind of want to go into, if it's cool with you, uh, a little bit about our story, right, kind of how we met, um, and then we can kind of talk about everything that you you got going on, um, but I don't know if you remember this, but I remember specifically from my perspective, the day that we met, it was at Kaizen, the mm-hmm. gym in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, you, were, you were, you had a booth set up for Triad. You were doing mm-hmm. supplement samples. Yeah. And you kind of like, I remember saying hi, and kind of like talking like a little bit of small talk. And then you, the thing that stood out to me, and then why I remember that day so clearly is you said something to me about my apparel brand that I had ran like four years prior, um, Mm -hmm. that I started like in high school. And you're like, you're, you're the guy that owned all glory apparel, right? And I was like, yeah, like, I've never been recognized for that. (laughs) Like, that was such a that that venture was honestly like such a flop for me that I was just like, whoa, wow, like, I can't believe you know that. Yeah, my name is Baker. And then we just kind of met. And uh, do you remember that at all?
1: You know, what's crazy is I actually don't remember that I do remember. I do remember finding you on social media and kind of knowing who you are, but never like, phys- like, I actually met you. And I knew you yeah. had it. But I, I do not remember that interaction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember it so clearly, just because I said, so, like, I had been recognized not like from from other things, right? Like friends of friends and stuff like that. But that was such a specific thing that I was like, how in the world does this guy know that I did that? Um, so that always stuck out to me. But I, from literally day one, like you and I, I feel like have always been able to connect on the areas of entrepreneurship and self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And it's always been kind of just this unspoken. We've gotten a lot closer, I feel like, over the last year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. But it's always been kind of this unspoken thing where it's, you know... We send each other something or a podcast here and there or or a quote or something. And, and so I think it's going to be really cool to kind of talk through everything that you've accomplished because I honestly don't know a ton um, outside of, of what we've talked about with, with your story. Uh, and we did a group call for the BAM Coalition where you came on as a guest speaker and people loved it. And everyone even said, like, you guys should start a podcast together. So I hopefully people enjoy yeah. this one to that same level. Um, but I want to start out, dude, just talking about A little bit about you, a little bit about your journey, and um, let's start off with you lost, if I'm not mistaken, a little over 80 pounds, or right at 80 pounds.
1: I lost uh, over 100, yeah.
0: Jeez. Talk about that, man. Talk about what that looks like.
1: Yeah, so, dude, it's so weird when I talk about it, because half the time, honestly, I just forget. I'm like, oh yeah, I did that, you know? It's just like, it's such a random thing, but essentially, I just grew up overweight, you know, my entire life was like the fat kid, so... Um, post high school, uh, you know, I was still the fat kid, I played football, all of high school. So like I was always doing some type of exercise and movement. And even post football, I was still exercising. The biggest thing is that I wasn't like, you know, i was still eating the way that I normally would with I mean, while playing football. But obviously, when you're doing that, and you're not like running doing any cardio, you're just weightlifting, like you're gonna get pretty big pretty quick. So essentially, post high school, I kind of ballooned up to like, 287 pounds like that's the last time I remember like physically weighing myself and I was like holy shit like you know I'm, I'm really big and I felt really embarrassed and a lot of shame from it and because of that I actually just stopped weighing myself as a whole and I know for sure that like I definitely climbed into the 290s 299 300 yeah uh, I just couldn't like physically look at the scale because I knew how embarrassed I would feel so essentially you know, on and on my entire life, I try to lose weight. Like it's always just been like this thing that I've, I've wanted to do because like I said, I grew up the fat and out of shape kid. Well, long story short, you know, I'm going into my freshman year of college. Uh, I'm with this girl at this time. I feel like this is how every weight loss story goes. Yep, but, yeah. But uh, she's going to a different college. I'm still living at home and you know, she's living life and like, I'm just kind of like in this weird in between area and really don't know who I am. Uh, She breaks up with me and for some reason like that breakup just like floored me not because of her because we were breaking up I was more upset because I just didn't know who I was so I essentially just went on this like huge self-improvement journey and like lost about 100 pounds man within like a 12-month time frame like I really lost a ton of weight from about August to about August to February is when I lost about 80 pounds so majority of the weight I will say uh, this, I did it in the most unhealthiest way you could possibly think of, like complete starvation. Uh, yeah. But I was desperate to do it. Um, so I was just like, whatever it takes, I'm gonna do. Like I would weigh myself every day. And if I didn't weigh less than what I weighed the day before, I would just eat less. So mm-hmm. essentially, once you do that over a long period of time, you're essentially eating like nothing. Yep. Uh, I would run a mile before I worked out and then I would work out and then I would run another mile and then I would go home. I would eat, maybe, maybe not, uh, really couldn't tell you. And I essentially would do that until I got, you know, relatively close to like 210 pounds from all the way from like almost 300 to 10. And then I finally like reached out to people <clears throat> to like get help to finally like finish that Yeah. Um, towards the end of like my freshman going into my sophomore year of college. So yeah, that's essentially how I lost weight is in, in the most unhealthiest way possible uh, but I knew my life kind of depended on it, so I took it very serious, and I just went all in on it and did not do anything else but that.
0: And you went into you, you went, went on that huge weight loss journey, right? Mm-hmm. And then wh- you went, you prepped as well, and this is kind of when we were starting to get to know each other. What? Yeah. When did the prep kind of come into that, that weight loss journey? What was the timeline there?
1: Dude, so it's interesting, man. So I have this photo on my phone. I won't be able to find it because it's kind of way back, but I remember... I remember specifically, I was starting to like cover that line between 200, 202, 199, like just like really at the 200s now. And I was like, like, hell, like, dude, I haven't seen this number since. I have not seen 200 since maybe the fifth grade, like full transparency. Like I, that's just what it was. And I remember one day, man, uh, towards the summertime, I got into like this really good routine where like I was hitting it hard. I was running, I was doing 30 minutes of cardio every morning, I was training every day and then I would go home and run a lap, a mile and a half around this loop around my parents' house because I was home for the summer every night and I did it so many times that I finally got myself to like 199, 198 and one day I woke up and I remember like going to bed like after running this mile and a half like sweating my ass off, just sleeping on my parents' couch which probably gonna be pissed once I tell them that but I remember waking up and i hit 197 and for some reason at 199 198 it didn't click but from 197 i remember looking at the scale taking the photo in the mirror and i'm being, and i remember thinking to myself you know excuse my language but i was like holy fuck like you did it like yeah. if you like if you did this like you can do anything now mm-hmm. so in my mind i was just like well what's next you know like what do you want to do now and i and i don't know where this thought came from but to me it was just like let's do a bodybuilding show like it just sounded like so intriguing so uh, I told my mom for some reason I was like I'm gonna do a bodybuilding show now. She was like, well, go and do it. So I definitely you know thought I was gonna compete like later that year, which was in 2018, or maybe 2017. 2017 I believe is when it was. Um, but this is actually when um, kind of transitioning to another story. But whenever I, I drove up to Triad because uh, they were kind of new and around to the area, and they actually recommended me my first bodybuilding coach, and I essentially worked with him, and that is kind of how I got into the world of competing it took me a few years to finally compete but that is how i kind of got started within that
0: that's crazy i I know i've talked about i believe it was episode one so you're you're gonna be episode four um um, launching on this monday last second kind of under the radar podcast episode so i appreciate you being so flexible with me but i remember talking on on episode one and it's something that i it also struck me about my kind of prep was you learn just inherently through undertaking any type of big journey with your health and fitness you learn this equation I call it like the equation basically mm-hmm. that hard work and consistency over time yields results mm-hmm. right and i feel like so many people never stick to something long enough to figure out the consistency portion they might work hard here and there but to figure out the consistency portion so they never end up com- like completing the equation and and figuring out that equation translates to everything in life. Because I remember back in in basketball, right, I was always training for basketball. Like I was doing the extra lifting workouts. I was writing programming, basketball programming for my teammates and and doing all my own. I was getting up at 5 a.m. every morning in high school and going and getting shots up before most of the people in the entire high school were even awake yet, like including the staff, you know, because I had a key to the gym. And uh, it... I, I, my performance, the year that I started doing that from from the previous year, just like skyrocketed. And it was like, I was in there every day all summer. I was in there every day preseason. And then I I started to just play better. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking at some point that that equation is there. And like, now that I have that and I'm armed with that, I can take that into bodybuilding. I can take Mm -hmm. that into business and being an entrepreneur. I can take that into my relationships and everything else that I kind of, encounter. And so it's funny that you mentioned, you explained it in a very similar way to what I've always kind of explained it as, but you learning that I could do this. Like I lost a hundred pounds by being consistent and putting in the work and doing this every single day. Mm -hmm. Now I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful feeling. What did that, what did that feel like whenever you, you, you kind of got to that point? Dude,
1: honestly, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I felt, but I knew I felt like unstoppable. Like I just felt like, you know, because my weight loss journey wasn't just like, Oh, I, you know, one summer gained a hundred pounds. My weight loss journey was like, I've been the fat and out of shape kid my entire life. Like I was trying to lose weight as a 10 year old. Like I was, I was 10, 11 years old, like journaling what I was eating at my grandma's house, which was nothing but like beans and rice, but you know, is what it is. Yeah. But I, I just remember, man, like you know, after so long, like seven, eight years of trying to like do this, that I finally did it. So to me, it was just kind of like, well, if I can do this now, I can do anything. So I was like gun ho about like anything. And it felt good to finally like, just be confident about myself, man, and feel good in my own skin. And like, be proud of the person that I see in the mirror and know that like, whatever comes my way, at least I can say I did this and finally completed this. And like, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's huge. And I think it also explains why you've gone on to do so much and be so instrumental in so many, in everything that you've pretty much set out to do in life, honestly. Like, it's been awesome to just watch you attack these things. Um, But I I know that you mentioned that part of this was happening while you were in college. Mm -hmm. I also know that you made a pretty big decision while you were in college. Let's talk about that because I didn't have the guts to make that decision.
1: (sighs) Yeah, man, college... So essentially the big decision was like, I dropped out of college. So essentially throughout college, man, I think saying this first, like you and I are very similar. I think a lot more similar than we realized. Cause like yeah. everything you were saying about basketball, like waking up early, like that's, that's how I was. Like I was mm-hmm. always like, wake up early, train harder, like do more than everyone else. Uh, the more reps I get in, the better I'm going to be. Cause I also knew that like, I played football. So like, I wasn't like the biggest kid. Like I was I'm still five, seven, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest. So I kind of knew that like my work, I think how to outperform everyone. Yep. And, um, I also knew like, this is really random, but like my dad would wake up early for work. So like, I would always try to like beat my dad. So I feel like you were, I'm very similar in that aspect, but yep. essentially when I got to college, man, like I just didn't fit in. Like I just didn't do what everyone else is doing. I didn't party. I didn't drink. I didn't go to football games. Like I went to maybe one or two. Uh, I had season tickets, and I would just end up selling those season tickets, and then go to work because I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods in Moore and more. Uh, and during game days, man, like no one was there, so I was just like on the clock watching football, essentially, just from at work, but still getting paid. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't fit in. Uh, I wasn't in a, a Greek life, wasn't an athlete, so I feel like if you're not in those two things, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. And um, especially, especially at OU. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's everything. One hundred percent. So, um, you know, I, I essentially, man, also got really in the like, you know, obviously I lost a hundred pounds. I started working with the coach. So I was like really in the bodybuilding and around this time too, like YouTube, you know, is really starting to pop off. Like the 2016, 2015, 2017 era of YouTube, man, like fitness wise was like the shit. Like this it is was. when Christian was like blowing up. A lot of other people, man, within the space were blowing up and, around this time as well, as I'm getting a lot more into personal development and like Andy Frisella and the MFCEO podcast and reading books and like mindset and visualization and just like really like working on myself. Like not like even when I lost hundred pounds, it wasn't like, oh, I feel confident. Like, let's go talk to girls. I was just like, nah, man, like, <laughs> like screw all that. Like I'm all in on like this one thing. Yeah. And I essentially just continue to work on myself more and more and more. And one day I feel like during college, I I just felt like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm like wasting my time here. I was like, there's people on the internet making like 40K a month, 50K a month, like just being themselves and like fitness and like helping other people and like content creation. And I was just like, why can't I like do that? Like, why can't I figure out like how to do that now? Like, like what's holding me back? And long story short, I was in my second semester, my sophomore year, man. Well, I'll backtrack. My first semester, my sophomore year, the semester ends and I get a sixty-nine point seven in chemistry. And I essentially got a C. Like they passed me with a C and if I would have got a D, I would have dropped out then, but they gave me a C. So I was like, you know what? We passed this class. Let's just go on to the next semester. And the next semester I'm taking anatomy, which you don't know, anatomy at OU is like the hardest class ever. Like they yeah. tell you if you have a life, like don't have one. Yeah. And uh, they, they send 10 you day like day ten one. emails. Yeah, like yep. ten emails before the class even starts. And I was like well, I'm not going to give up working. I'm not going to give up bodybuilding. And I'm not going to give up working on myself because like, I, I'm seeing more return on this work on myself than I am actually school. So like, I'm gonna keep doing this. And around the third test that we had with an anatomy, I started to realize like, holy shit, man, like, you know, on the platform they use, you can plug in your grades in the future to see what you need to make this to, to make a certain grade. Yeah, well, mine was like, you need to make a straight 100s on every practical and every lab exam and every exam within the classroom to make even just 70%. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just gonna be real, like, I ain't gonna make that. So uh, I need to figure something else out. And um, me realizing that I wasn't going to pass this class for some reason was like my permission slip to drop out of college and go all in on what it is that I wanted to do, which was fitness. And that is what I did. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know where I was going. um, Which is kind of a story within itself, man. But I just knew I had a calling. I knew I just wanted to help people and lift weights for a living. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't need this. I don't need this degree uh, to get me to where I want to be.
0: What do you think that is? Because I've always had the same thing too. And and I've chalked it up to like a superiority superiority complex. Like most of us as entrepreneurs, I feel like have some sort of a superiority complex, meaning that I believe or you believe that we are capable of determining our own future. Like we have that internal locus of control Mm -hmm. of making that happen ourselves because we just believe in ourselves, right? To a certain Mm -hmm. extent. But also I if I'm being honest with myself, I have an internal belief that like, I can accomplish this, I don't have the same belief in, in, in all other people. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I've always believed that if I set my mind to this, I'm going to accomplish it. Right? Absolutely. So So I don't necessarily, oh, I'm not very risk averse, right? Because I always believe my parachute's me, I'm the I'm the X factor. You know what I mean? And like, what you're describing is that it's like I I'm gonna go all in in this thing, and you know, screw whatever could happen in the future. Like, I I can make this happen, and I'm gonna make this big risk right now because I just know I'm gonna be able to do it. And you've done it, right? And 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 I've done it to this maybe not great, right? But we've we've done it to this point. We're here. You know what I mean? Um, so, what do you think that is that makes makes us risk averse? Do you think it's a superiority complex, or or what's your take on that?
1: Man, that's an interesting one because. I don't know because I've had it like my entire life. Like Same. it's always just been like I've always even even when I didn't have confidence in myself and like this belief, you know, when I was the fat and out of shape kid, I always just felt like I was an underdog and like I was willing to outwork everyone. I was willing yeah. to do more than everyone. I was willing to, you know, get in more reps and be where other people weren't. And like I I just always knew that I was willing to bet on myself and I was, always knew that I would have faith and that God would lead me to where I needed to be and that things would turn out in my favor. Like I've always, you know, you kind of touched on like me being a big quote guy and it's like, I I am without a doubt, you know, a big quote guy. And one quote that comes to mind quite a bit is like, if God is for you, then like who can be against you? I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. So I always just had that mindset, man. And I was just like, that was always giving me the confidence and belief to go out and do these things. Because if not, if I didn't have that, then I I probably wouldn't have done those things.
0: Yeah. And I think honestly, that was what gave me in the opposite perspective, that gave me the, the permission, right, to stay in school. Mm-hmm. Because I, for whatever reason, my brain just worked in the way where it was, if I had to figure out an entire class three days before the final, just to get like an A or a B, I, I could do that, which gave me the permission to slack off and not really care about school. But it also didn't give me enough of a, a pain point, right, to be like, I'm out of this, I'm done, because it was like, why, like, I just got to get a couple more A's and then I'm out, right? Like, it, it's it, it's such a, I don't know, it's, I, I was a world-class procrastinator, I can tell you that much. Um, and it, it gave me, but it also made me crave stimulation elsewhere. It made me crave, like, how can I tr- truly challenge myself? Because this isn't doing it for me, mm-hmm. right? And I remember thinking in a lot of my entrepreneurship classes, being an entrepreneurship major, like, I'm learning all these things that we're talking about in class theoretically. I'm learning them on a real, you know, points and or uh, checks and balances sheets. Like, I'm really doing this and counting wise for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm doing, I'm going through profit and loss statements and trying to figure out how I can make my ads perform better. Like, I'm, I've done, I'm doing all these things at a small Mm -hmm. scale, albeit, right? But like, I'm learning this through, through doing it myself. And that's, that's fun because I'm actually risking real world money. Like, I'm risking, my own time, my own efforts. I'm doing all this in, in just a perspective of like, we're talking about it theoretically here, which is like all fine and dandy. And you can learn some stuff from that. But like, in my perspective, I was just like, why should I even care about the theoretical side of things when I can learn more doing this every night? So it's, I don't know, it's, it's a weird kind of concept.
1: No. And and dude, there's a lot of truth to that, man, because, you know, I'm just going to be honest, like I was listening to Andy Frisella, you know, at, 18 years old and yep. I was doing the things that he was saying in seeing more of a return on an investment than I was like in school so yeah. you know a big issue that I had man like this is just an example is that I was the extremely shy introverted kid like I didn't have confidence in one day my dad like one day my dad like ripped me a new one essentially he was like hey bro like if you don't get over the shyness and this introvert like it's gonna fucking kill you and I was just yeah. like you know, and I will say like me and my dad have this interesting relationship where like he'll say something to me and I take it extremely personal, but like in a good way where I'm like, who's this guy I think he's talking to? And I remember listening to Andy Frisella and him giving like examples of how to like build your confidence when it comes to talking to people Mm -hmm. and different key points to do in different steps. And I would work, I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods and I was like, you know, on my weight loss journey, on this mental journey and like learning these things. And I would do things that he said that would help me you know be more confident with speaking to people i would take more customers you know if i was going to the bathroom I would, if i saw a customer i would ask them if they needed anything and i continue to build the skill and i actually continue to see like a return on investment like i'm getting paid more now uh i'm getting random tips from people that you know help me out 100 bucks every once in a while goes a long ways and i just felt like man i was learning more just by doing things and actually being in the arena, instead of just like reading a book, like, yeah. instead of just like looking at a theory, I was actually learning information and doing something with it. And that's also just how I learned, like, you were talking about school. Like, I'm not, I've never been the best at school. Like, I've always struggled with school. Uh, in the eighth grade, I had a fourth reading level, I almost failed the seventh grade. Uh, I skated by in high school, did not try. Uh, I made a 20 on my ACT, maybe a 21. Uh, the only reason why I got into college is because my girlfriend at the time did my essay for me. If mm-hmm. it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have gotten in. And even when I did get in, I was on like academic probation. So it's yeah. like, I've never have been a sit down and learn like that. I've always been sit down and like do things with my hands, get feedback and then go from there. Yeah. So it's all about like, how do you learn? And that's just kind of like the way that I've always have learned.
0: Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's so crazy to see the opposite perspectives of that, but also see the similarities because I my entire prep, the only thing that I listened to every day in the gym and every day in between my workouts and during, you know, even during school and class, a lot of times I was only listening to the MFCEO project. (laughs) Like I probably listened to all 300 and whatever it was, 70 episodes over the course of my seven month prep um, for my bodybuilding show. And and that's where I was learning a ton of my stuff too.
1: Yeah. And it's also like, there's this good quote. It's like, And like, I I hope when I say this, I don't mean it in any disrespectful way towards teachers, towards professors, towards anyone. Mm -hmm. But it's like, don't take advice from people who don't live a life how you would want yours to look like. So I remember just sitting in this classroom and I was like, man, this teacher doesn't even like, he's not teaching me the things that I actually want to know. So like, why am I even here? Like I I had an econ professor that would constantly come in stone talk about how much he hated his life and how he didn't want to be here and i was like why the fuck am i learning from this guy yeah and he just doesn't even want to be here like it just didn't make sense to me and i just started to like scratch my head more and more and it's like why don't i go learn from someone like andy on that podcast which was great and actually do stuff and actually see an, a return instead of just like sitting in this classroom because it's just not how i learn.
0: yeah Okay. Um, we talked about you, you starting out at Dick Sporting Goods. I know from there you kind of transitioned into what well, you've already mentioned triad, mm-hmm. right? And you know, it's crazy to see what Kevin and Thomas and all those yeah. guys have built, um, and Anthony, and it's been awesome to watch, but you were very instrumental in the, in the beginning of that yeah. whole community and, and just empire that it kind of has become now. Talk about, talk about your experience there. Uh, For those of you guys that don't know, Triad is a, is a supplement store and now it's a chain technically in um, Oklahoma. So in the the greater OKC, Yukon, Edmond area.
1: Yeah, dude, they're, uh, they're crushing, man. And like that entire venture, man, was like one of the wildest times in my life. I I can't lie. It was it was by far one of the funnest times in my life as well. I'm not saying I don't have fun now, man, but when you're 20, 21, 22, just working with a group of 20 year olds, just like trying to get a business off the ground, it is by far like one of the funnest times and also the most stressful times. Yeah. Um, but overall, man, like my time there was just like amazing. Like I, I have two regrets when it comes to Triad. One, I wish I would have went harder, and two, I would have, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. And the reason why I say that is because. I was going as hard as I could, but since there was like no guaranteed of success, it, I felt like I was very scared and timid at times. So like I was like really nervous. And what I mean by, I wish I would have enjoyed it more, since we didn't know that we would eventually get it running the way that it needed to, it was really hard to like enjoy the moments because there was like no guarantee. Like every day was like work, work, work some more, go do this thing, No take no days off. Like you're working six, seven days a week minimum. You're always on social media. So I, I just had this thing where like, man, I wish I would enjoy that time a lot more because with that group of guys, man, especially in the beginning, it was just so special. It was just such a close knit group of guys just trying to make something happen. Yeah. That it, it, it you know, looking back, I just wish I would have been like, damn, like soak this in because it's not going to be like this forever.
0: Yeah. And so you came in, you were employee number what? Technically, number two. There was a guy there before, but uh, he didn't work out. So gotcha. <laughs> I came in number number two. Yeah. And you were around at the very, very beginning where it was literally it was so it was you and Kevin, right?
1: It was me, Kevin and Trace. Um, Kevin, Kevin wasn't even paying himself. And I was a part time employee and we could barely pay me. So
0: yeah, it's insane. (laughs) And now they've got three locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got three, Um,
1: dude. And they got a supplement brand that's crushing too. So it's like, I it makes me happy just to see the progression within that company. And it, and another thing that makes me happy is like going to Kevin's house because mm-hmm. I know how much work he's had to put in. Like Kevin truly taught me what it took to win. And I used to think that dude was crazy and was like a robot, but it, it is what was required in order to even get the business off the ground. Mm-hmm. So everything, man, I, I take away. is still a lot of the things that he taught me to this day and I still use them and I, I'm forever grateful for him and, and the things that he's done.
0: Yeah, and, and he is an absolute killer. Um, <laughs> how do you pronounce his last name? Will Height? Will Height. Okay, want to make sure I give him a proper shout out. So Kevin Will Hight is who we're talking about, guys. He's, um, he's got his own podcast, and and the dude is crushing it. But he, I know he talks about. I've heard him talk a lot about you and how instrumental you were in that phase of the business and just getting it up off the ground and, and making things go. Yeah. Um, did go I ever from- tell you? Did I ever tell you how I got that job though? Mm, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Uh I sent an you... email. No, I, tell me about it. So
1: this, this is a story. <laughs> okay. So one day, man, this is around, this is about maybe a month and a half before I was going to drop out of college. So maybe I still have the email on file too. Like I, sometimes I even go look, I look back and I look at it. And yeah. one day during the library, man, I was studying around this time. I kind of was kind of tired of school. Like I knew anatomy was going to whoop my ass. And I was just like, man, like I got to figure something out. So one day I'm sitting in the library and I'm scrolling through my phone. I remember scrolling through Instagram and I run by triad and I see that they're hiring employees. Like, Mm -hmm. not like they made a post like, Hey, we're hiring, but they had hired two guys. And I thought to myself, well, if they're hiring employees, like that must mean that they're doing really well. So I was like, man, like this is a perfect time to like maybe shoot them an email and be like, Hey man, like, have you guys ever thought about opening a location in Norman? So, I remember sitting down and I'm typing out this email and I'm like, Hey man, it's this kid, you know, you guys helped me like lose a hundred pounds. Like you guys have like really changed the trajectory of my life because through there I actually found Andy Frisella th- through first form. Yeah. So like that was how I found the podcast. Uh, they gave me some nutritional advice, man, that really helped me out towards the end of my weight loss journey that really set me up for success. And they had just, you know, really made a big impact on my life. Uh, especially Kevin and like one of the previous, um, one of the original group of owners, uh, Vincent, and I'm sitting there typing up this email like, hey, I haven't been there in a while because I'm in Norman and they're in North Oklahoma City, essentially Edmond, about an hour away. And I'm typing out this email and I say, hey, if you guys ever think about opening a store in Norman, like let me know, I would love to help in any type of way. Even if you need help with the first location, like let me know, I'm always available to help out. Because I knew where those guys came from, I knew their background, I kind of knew their history of where they were before. So yeah. I understood like it was a very, very valuable opportunity. Um, Long story short, about a month later, I decided to drop out of college and I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm done with college. I I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm gonna go figure it out. And, you know, whenever I dropped out of college, my parents made this agreement like, hey, if you drop out, like you're done, like we're cutting you off. Not like, like talking wise, but like financially, like you got to figure it on your own. And I was like, oh shit, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, End up taking this job pulling parts, um, for like car parts. It was like this massive warehouse and um, I essentially worked there the first day. I hate it. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how I got here. I had to leave Dick Sporting Goods in order to take this job because it was a full-time job. And I was like, I'm just gonna take this job, get back on my feet and then go from there. Second day comes and I completely hate it. Uh, just wanna like cry because I'm like, how the hell did I end up here, right? I yeah. went from like being in college with all my friends and like living this college lifestyle, like to my degree, To like, just working a full-time job in the blink of an eye. I get to the third day, and I have this, like, mental breakdown within, like, uh, the middle of the warehouse, like, by myself, where no one can see me, and I'm just, like, crying. And I was like, man, God, like, all I wanted to do was, like, lift weights and help other people, you know? Like, wasn't trying to do anything crazy. Uh, I definitely should have came up with a plan, but I just didn't know. And I said... I said, hey, God, if you give me a chance, like I promise to do something good with it. Like I promise if I'll tell everyone about your goodness. I promise I'll tell everyone about your grace. Like just give me a chance. And on the third day after we closed, I remember just like texting my boss, which I shouldn't have done. Uh, and I just told him like, hey, man, I quit. You know, uh, I can't do this. Like this is just not for me. I definitely should have asked for a do- job description. It was a family member's sort of like a friend or don't know how to explain it, but it was through a family member that I, how I got the job. Gotcha. And I had to text my boss, my boss back at Dick's Sporting Goods, like, hey, can you guys rehire me? Because I would only have been gone for like four days. And he was like, yeah, bro. Like, well, he didn't text me back that night, but the next day. And as I'm leaving the job from Oklahoma City to Norman, I remember just like crying. And for some reason, I don't remember. The, I don't know why I remember this part of the story. I remember um, listening to this podcast from Ed Milet called "Unlocking Your Success Code." It's a really good podcast that I think everyone should listen to. Yeah, and I remember it saying, like, him saying like, "Hey, everything in your life is a direct reflection of your thinking. If you know, if you don't like where you're at, like change your thoughts and will change your change your outside perspective, your world essentially." So I get back to Norman and I'm um, like wiping off my tears and I was like, "You know what, man? Like I'm gonna figure it out tomorrow because like I definitely failed. I fucked up. I don't know what I'm gonna do." And I go upstairs, my roommates have no idea what's going on. They don't even know I've dropped out of college. And like, it's been like maybe a month or so. And like, nobody knows. And I'm making dinner and they're all like having a good time. And I get this like Facebook ping, like a, like ping. And I was like, man, like who messages me? Cause like, I normally like never get Facebook messages. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's Kevin. And he was like, Hey buddy, have you checked your email? And I remember him sending me that message and like my heart sank and I swiped up and clicked out and I clicked on my email And he had actually sent me an email the day prior talking about, Hey, would you ever think about working at trial? Like we're growing. And I don't plan on stopping this thing anytime soon. And we would love to have you on board. And that was sort of just like my opportunity in the sense of like, Oh, like this is, this is like my thing. Like, this is like, this is it right here. And ever since then, you know, I, I, I took the job and, um, I worked there for two years and two and a half years later, man, in that email, I talked about opening a store in Norman. Uh, on my departure, that's what we did. Like we opened a store in Norman. So yeah, kind of kind of crazy and a little all over the place. But that is, that is just kind of like how I started working there was just through by sending an email. And the funny thing is, the only reason why I sent that email is because growing up as a kid, my dad would always tell me like, you don't see opportunities with your eyes, you see them with your mind. Yeah, And he would tell me this because we'd go look at rental properties because he's in the real estate. And he'd be like, I'd buy that for 30. I put 20 in it. Uh, the equity would go up and I'd take that cash out and then go buy two more homes. And I was like, I remember being a kid and being like, what is this dude even talking about? Like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, five, seven years old. And I was like, I was definitely like, this fucking guy's crazy. But yeah. it's something that always stuck with me. And it's the only reason why I decided to send that email because I understood where Kevin was from and where, tried, where it essentially originated from. And I was like, dude, I got to get in with these people because these people know what they're doing. They know how to help people. And if anything as well, like I'm a 20 year old kid and like I don't have any responsibilities in college. College will always be there. So like this is a time that I go for it now. And like, that's what I did.
0: That's so insane. I I didn't know that story. Um, And I didn't know that there was that you ever worked anywhere else, right, besides um, you know, I, I know at some point you mentioned Dick's Sporting Goods, but I didn't know that there was like a an in-between and then like a, hey, can I come back to Dick's? And then this whole thing kind of just dropped on your lap, which is which is crazy. And But it goes back to the not being risk averse, right? Like you, you just took leaps and, and a lot of people don't and you never know what could have happened. Like if you'd never sent that email, what would your life look like? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is insane to think about because yeah. Triad led into pride foods um which i kind of want to kind of hop into next you and you and sean yeah
1: man so then you know even going back into like the the jumping thing it's like man i left triad i I left Triad at a very high note in my life i guess you could say not like the peak because it's never the case but it was a very high note for me we had just opened norman Uh, i had just competed i just had like this big release i was doing real i was doing really well financially just like as a 22 year old kid, and I was like on top of the world. And I kind of knew in the back of my head that uh, there would be another opportunity after triad because I actually put in about a four month notice, just like out of respect, because we were also building out the Norman location. A lot of people don't know that, yeah. Um, but I essentially helped build that out, and I would departure after. And as I was doing that, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is another weird thing, but I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I wonder if Sean from Pride Foods, whatever, let me work the event for free so that way I can travel, meet more people and network, like just grow. Uh, because I understood the pool that Pride Foods had as it was just getting started, like I'd be able to like really, not just benefit like myself, but I would also be able to help him. And um, essentially 30 days after like leaving try like Sean hit me up on my 23rd birthday and was like, hey, what do you think about coming on board? And that's essentially like what I've been doing ever since is, you know, with Pride, um, Is like you know helping out with everything, learning, growing, and scaling, and everything else that come with it, man. So even just getting that job in itself was a pretty wild thing. Um, but that's just what I've been doing ever since.
0: Yeah, and you, you basically, I can't remember what the time period was, but you started with with him, mm-hmm. and then it was like COVID hit, and there was nothing in the warehouse because everything was sold out for like months, like pretty much right after signing on with them, right?
1: Yeah, bro. We had uh, two pallets. Yeah. We had two pallets multiple times.
0: And that was the... something that people don't think about a lot. I've only been in a scenario like that once or twice in business, but mm-hmm. it was almost a situation where it's like too fast of growth to where it almost cannibalizes your business because you put yourself in a, a bind of where people are expecting you to be able to put, keep up with you know unlimited demand or... People are, you know, you you could be like a flash in the pan thing because then people re- think that you just close down because everything's like just down for months. Yeah. So talk about you you join Pride, and then what happens? Like what started? You you show up to like work day one, and then what what, what were the events from there? Because I remember you guys told us about this in Wisconsin.
1: Fuck man. Even looking back at that, like that's a dude. I remember just getting there and like, I'm just packing orders, right? I started out as a part-time employee as well, like nothing too crazy. And I'm packing orders, like everything is you know, relatively easy. Like he actually just restocked, I think maybe the week before. So like it was a big restock, so everything was back. And we're selling through product, I'm packing orders. And for some reason, dude, this is such a random thing. But we start doing, we rent out the other side of the warehouse. So we have this side and then we have this side. We rent out this other side. And we start doing fulfillment for HD Muscle. So we start shipping out HD Muscle's product. We start working with them on a a handshake agreement, man, just like out of left field. And this is when I come on full time. So I'm essentially doing packing for Pride Foods and I'm doing packing for HD Muscle. Um, Wild Experience, we only did fulfillment for them for maybe a month or two just because we could not keep up with the demand of both. It just, Mm -hmm. it also just, the logistics weren't worked out correctly. So it's kind of a shit show in a way, but it was a great learning lesson, man. Like I learned... I, that two month period, I learned so much about shipping supplements that like I would have never learned unless I did it myself. Yeah. So we finally get past that. And then now around this time we're starting to like, I'm pretty sure we're starting to dwindle in inventory. So like we're run out of stock, we're running out of stock, we're running out of stock. Some of it being our own fault in the sense of like, we don't have the correct tracking information to like, no, Hey, you need to order now. And then a big reason why uh, we ran out of stock, essentially because you know, I won't go in too much detail, but like, Our orders weren't being fulfilled. Uh, Our orders weren't being, you know, put on the line to be ran. So then we weren't receiving any product. So then we're just selling whatever product we have. And then lo and behold, you get down to two pallets of strawberry banana, which aren't even like the most popular favorite and people are buying it. But at the same time, it's like, oh shit, we don't have any product. And we're told, hey, we'll get product next week. We'll get product next week. We'll get product next week. Product doesn't show up for four months. It's like, what the fuck? And then it finally shows up. And then, you know, you sell through and then I'm pretty sure we've repeated that cycle again. You did. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then we did that again and we finally got product in and then we sell through that. And it's like, we got to introduce some new things within the brand as well, like the Pry crispy bars and then almond butters. And it's like, we have all this different stuff going on, but like everything is just kind of all over the place because if you run out of inventory for your business, you're essentially just running out of money. Like you're burning money by not having product in stock. So we were essentially burning money for like a really long time. I don't know the, the degree to it because I don't handle that side of the, the business. Yeah. Um, but we were just like burning money. And from my perspective, I'm just gonna be honest, I was just sitting in the warehouse like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like, I just didn't fucking know like what was going on. I was just kind of like, everything seems to be going all right. You know, we maybe have 20 orders throughout the day. Like, that's good. You know, I don't, I don't see a lot of things, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, working there, but also like trying to do my stuff as well. So it was, it was an interesting time to like, be in. Um, And it's just crazy, man. Like It's it's been a wild ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I remember you you guys telling us a lot of this stuff that I I didn't know at the time, Um, whenever we were, we traveled all for those of you guys that didn't don't know, Addison, my sister and I, um, from episode three, we traveled with Alfonso and Sean, um, the owner of Pride Foods, to the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin, and worked that event for seven days straight. And uh, you guys filled this in, yeah, it was a blast. Uh, we, were, we were completely um, delusional Trash. by the end of that, but it, yeah. was, it was a blast. Uh, but it was, a, it was an awesome experience, and, and to get to just be around you guys and see the brand and see the inner workings and hear you guys' story I thought was extremely cool. You alluded to your own stuff that you've been working on that whole time. Yeah. Let's talk about your apparel brand, Let's Work.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, dude, Let's <laughs> let's Work is... is uh, essentially, in 2020, I started to coach people. And I had this random idea for having t-shirts made. And I started... I wanted like each client that came on board to like receive a t-shirt. Like I thought it was a really cool thing. I said, hashtag, #Yeah, yeah. let's work. And I was like, dope, man. Like, you know, let's, let's start selling t-shirts. So I, I started out with one t-shirt and I started with, I think I actually started with three, gave those out and there was kind of like a demand for them. So then, you know, three three, three t-shirts essentially turned into five, five turned into 15, 15 turned into 30, 30 turned into 50, 50 turned into a hundred. And lo and behold, before you know it, in the beginning of 2020, I just start slinging t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, ran a pre-order for the first one. I remember, you know, running pre-orders through Vidmo and for 15 bucks a shirt, I made like $800 and I felt like the richest kid in the world at 2022. 20, yeah. 20, and um, it was the first time I also I like ever some essentially like made my own money. So I just felt fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, I ended up running another pre-order and running up for like $1,200. And I essentially just kept running pre-orders and like stacking cash on top of it, each other. And I was also in prep. So I knew with me being in prep that one, I was going to be extremely disciplined. And two, I was going to have a lot of eyeballs on me because I knew it was a time in my life to go extremely hard around this time as well. It was, you know, the pandemic. So I also knew that everyone was like foot wasn't on the gas. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like I'm going all in. Like this is the time where most people are shutting down. Like if anything, the playing field right now is extremely even. So I'm just going to go all in for the kill and figure it out. And essentially, I just started selling more and more T-shirts. I started having more and more drops, and I started to have a lot more success for it success with it. Like I will say, like when I competed, I had a really big drop, and like it was the first time in my life, you know, where I ever saw, you know, ten thousand dollars in my bank account. You know, I was a twenty-two year old man. Like that was a lot of money for me, considering. Absolutely. In, in February, I was paying for food with gas and quarters, so like to me, it was like a, a big deal. And you know, I will say, when you're that young and you don't know what to do, you definitely blow the money. But that's besides yeah. the world yeah (laughs) yeah um i just started selling t-shirts man and uh at the time that i had this big release i also left triad so i kind of like jumped all into this thing which is kind of you know if you see a theme here it's like my personality i'm just like all in i'll figure it out like i don't care and um essentially man just been like slang and merch ever since then you know it definitely it's been a journey it has taught me a lot about myself um yeah, it has taught me a lot about myself. Like business uh, will teach you more about yourself than probably anything else in this entire world. And it taught me a lot.
0: Yeah. And especially, I mean, e-com is hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. You and I have talked a lot about, you know, the equivalencies between Eubora and Let's Work. Let's Work much bigger company than than Eubora, but it's, it's, e-com is you talk about eating costs, right? Like it, every single thing that you sell there costs something tangible, right? So you have cost of goods sold, you have cost of shipping, right? And so like, by the time you get to the end of, of selling one t-shirt, right? Or one pair of dead grips, right? It's, it's a, you're collecting a few bucks, you know what I mean? So like, you have to be selling at an unbelievable volume to make it to where you're able to pay yourself consistently, right? To be able to, if, you know, if you're selling at that volume, you also probably need employees. So you're not going to be the first one that gets paid, right? So like it, it goes, it's just kind of like an endless cycle and you have to be, you have to grow an econ business to such a big size to, for it to be, to make sense, honestly, to like get to, for you to continue to put all the time and effort it takes to, to run one. So I definitely can, can, uh, you know, put myself in your shoes and and see how how difficult that is with with an ecom business because it's it's not for the faint of heart for sure. I, I'm I'm leaning more towards the the service side of things these days myself.
1: Yeah, dude, it's it's interesting too though, man. Because one, I will say, like you said, let's work was bigger than your Bora. Like, I I highly doubt that. We're probably on the same field here, but <laughs> it's uh it's interesting when I hear you say econ because I never think in the sense of like e-commerce. I think in the sense of like I'm really good at shaking people's hands and getting to know people and like face-to-face interaction. Like yep. contrary to popular belief, I don't like being on the internet. I'm just mm-hmm. really good at being myself. And I think that's why it works yeah. for me sometimes. It, but a majority of my business through Let's Work was just built through me shaking hands. And yeah, I didn't sure. have that perspective whenever I went full-time into it. Cause I was like, I a majority, all my business came through in person. It's like, yeah, I had a website up. I had an Instagram up. Like, you know, we had content up, but I wasn't thinking like e-commerce. I was thinking like, you know, brick and mortar retail because like, that's what I'm good at. Like, that's my yeah. skill set. So like me jumping straight into it was like a rude awakening. Cause I was like, I don't know what ads are. I don't know what email campaigns are. I don't know uh, what the fuck this ROI return on yeah. ad is. Like, I don't like ROAS, like whenever we first started working with you guys, or yeah. used to like marketing stuff, uh, X ex- said Roaz or, or Mike. And I was just like, man, oh, you know what that word is. He was like, I'll yep. well, turn on AdSpin. And, and then it's only, if it's like 7%, it's great. And it's like, what? So yeah. like, I had to like learn all these things as I was going. And obviously man, with social media too, like social media is like this revolving door that's always somewhat changing or just revolving. Mm-hmm. You got to get better at reels. You got to get vid- better at videos. And like, you got to constantly improve your graphics and all these crazy things and it's like bro I don't even know how to do that I just know how to shake someone's hand and look them in the eyes and make best friends with them and like I can do that but like jumping straight into e-commerce bro was like 10 out of 10 not the smartest idea but it taught me a lot so it's like you live and you learn and you take your losses and you keep moving forward
0: yeah and it's that theme too that that hey I'll I'll figure it out right that's something I think too that it's a it's a muscle you have to train yeah. Because I have people all the time, and I know you do too, that ask me, "Hey, how did you do this? How did you know how to do this? How did you find your supplier? How did you, um, you know, launch your first website or make your first website? How did you learn how to do an ad? How did you?" And it's like all of these different things, and at a certain point, you get pretty fed up with that question, the "how did you" thing or "how can I," because it's like if you really wanted to figure out, you'd figure it out. No one sat, I didn't take a course on on starting an e-commerce business. I didn't take a course on, on software for AR, right? Like I didn't take a course on, I mean, obviously you take a course on personal training, but running a personal training business, right? Because there's a big tr- big difference between personal trainer and personal training business owner. That's a big, big difference. One thing that we talk about a lot with AR. But no one no one helped me find my supplier. No one helped me find all these things or figure them out. I b- went through a long series of YouTube videos and Googling and trial and error and losing a ton of money and investing a ton of money and time and effort and pain, you know, to figure things out. And you can't skip that part. You can you can get closer to it by utilizing mentors. And it sounds like you've done a fantastic job of that in your life. I know I have a lot of my successes to attribute to meeting people like a, you, a Sean, a Mike, a, the people that I've, I've kind of encountered along the way but it's you can skip some of the things just by knowing somebody like that and them helping you be like hey this is what i tried i think you should start here but you still have to learn a ton of that for yourself and if you're ever going to grow no one can hold your hand and help you through the entire thing you have to be willing to put in the work to fail and to grow on your own and i'll never understand the people that just want by asking that question you to just hand them that magic pill be like, hey, I figured it all out. Here's this one YouTube video that's going to make you thousands and thousands of dollars and have you be a successful company owner, right? It doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And dude, you know, it's even, this is like random, up like more conversation, like, well, what's frustrating is like, whenever you do take the time out of your day to like sit down and like tell people how to do something, like how'd you go about it? And like, you should do this, this and this, and like don't make this mistake. You tell these people that and then they turn around, and just do nothing. It's like, it's like, bro, I can't even, I can't help you now. Like I, like you, one, you just wasted my time. And two, it's like, you're not even willing to take the initiative after knowing what I know and have told you to do anything with it. And I just think it's extremely disrespectful to like not do the things that people are trying to tell you or somewhat take the advice and do something with it.
0: Absolutely. And, and if you're going to seek, that's the number one way also to get shut out by, by a mentor, right? I've, Mm -hmm. I've talked a ton about me reaching out to Mike and, and talking to him initially, right? I just had the I was willing to pay him whatever he wanted for his time, just to literally speak to me, because I knew I was gonna I knew I was gonna get value out of that conversation, right? Like I I did the same thing when I was in school. I worked for another software startup back in school that I've never talked about. That was working with government um, transparency, right? And it was like a video streaming service for for governments and and local city, state, um, county governments. And I had no
1: idea you did that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, nobody.
0: I, I I don't even think Kinsey knows that I did that. But I did it for a while, <laughs> for like so a year dope. and a half. Yeah. Um, but it was like I, I just sought out these people and these opportunities because I knew that even in the gym, like uh, I would seek out the biggest dude or the dude that looked like he was just training differently and be like, hey, can I work out with you? Because you learn things by talking to these people. And it's so – it's so discouraging and it's so unfulfilling. Now having the chance to maybe mentor some some people here and there, if you try to help and you try to mentor somebody and they don't take action, Absolutely. right? They don't they don't run with it. Yeah. Because now you're like, I really like, I I don't I can't help you now. Like you said, I can't I I don't want to because when you continue to gain this knowledge and this experience, it becomes valuable. Yeah. Right. And most people that have some sort of valuable knowledge and experience, they want pass it pass it on but it also takes a special person to be able to execute when that's given and it's the worst feeling in the world whenever someone doesn't execute and then you see them in the same spot six months or a year down the road yeah the worst well, feeling
1: yeah let me ask you this what what has always made you drawn to ask people questions like i'm always curious to ask that question because most people, most people don't ask like most people just assume not ask and don't ask questions and they just kind of go on with their life like what made you decide like hey i'm gonna ask people
0: questions i think it goes back to what you talked about with professors Mm -hmm. right like i the one professor that i got pretty decently close to um and and talked to more and we would text him we still text occasionally just on on achievements and whatnot it's a guy named mike beckham he owns simple modern you probably know simple modern being in oklahoma and okc huge company huge company but he was a a guest lecturer or or I don't know what the word for it, but one of those professors that's not necessarily like a full-time professor, but teaches a couple of courses. Yeah. So he did that at OU. And I always like everything that he said to me was, was gold forever because I knew he owned a huge business. He had exited a business for six or seven, no, seven or eight figures before. Um, and he, he just is somebody that's done it, right? Yeah. And I always just, everything that he said to me was gospel because I knew this is a person that's doing what I want to do. I need to learn from that person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And same thing with the first time I ever did it was at the gym talking to a guy named Matt Lauk, right? That was just training differently from everyone else. And he, you could tell his, even his rests were intentional. You could tell that he was moving differently. His form looked different. It wasn't social hour for him in the gym. And I asked him to, to work out and see if he would be willing to just let me tag along for a workout. And he, he gave me a time and a date, and I guess most of the time, whenever people would give him, he would give them a time and a date, they wouldn't show up. So when I showed up, he I could tell he was really surprised. He was like, "Sweet, let's do it." And then him and I became really great friends, and I learned a ton from him, just because I asked, and then I also followed through and executed. And so he kind of took me under his wing, and I got a ton more value out of it because mm-hmm. I just put myself out there. And then yep. it happened again with the, that other software startup, and then it happened again with. You know, Mike, right? Like after Sean said, Hey, you should talk to this guy. He might be able to help you out. I don't go into it expecting any freebies or any handouts. I I wanted to pay Mike whatever he wanted for for our consult. And he ended up being like, Dude, let's partner on this deal and let's make this happen. But it just comes with putting your ego or your pride aside and being like, If this person, I can go try to learn it all on my own and do it all on my own. And there's going to be a certain element of that. But this person's doing what I'm saying that I want to do. So who better to ask and learn from than the person that is doing it or has done it. And so it was just for me, I feel like I have a pretty big ego to my fault sometimes, a lot of times, but it was putting it aside and just being like, I just want to be a sponge, like teach me, please. And people really respond to that.
1: Yeah, dude, people, people can tell when you're when you're interested, like people can tell when you care. And I think that's just, it's, it's, yeah, man. That's just how it works, man. It's such a, your answer was so solid. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you did the same thing with, with Kevin, right? Like, you did the same thing with Sean. And it's, you, you, obviously, you benefited greatly from both those, those relationships.
1: Yeah. yeah um, and I think, you know, a big reason, a big reason why I've done it, man. And I, I don't, I give my dad a lot of credit, but sometimes I feel like he doesn't give himself credit. And one of the best things my dad did, man, is that my dad is not the smartest guy. He, him, between him and my mom, they do very well. They own a ton of rental properties. They own a venue. But one of my, one of the things my dad can't do is he, he struggles to read and write. And he would always tell me this as a kid. And he'd be like, Hey man, like, I don't know how to do these things and go out. He would be like, go ask someone that does and learn from them. He was like, go ask questions. He was like, ask why and ask how he was like, a lot of people will ask me why. And he would always say, people would ask me why, but they would never ask me how. And it was frustrating because if they would just ask me how I would tell them. And I remember him just always telling me as, as this as a kid in the sense of like, one, I can't believe this guy, because like, most dads, man, they'll never tell their kid to go listen to some other, another man. My dad yeah. was like, hey, bro, I'm not the best at this. Go find someone that is, that can teach you. That way you can get better and then learn from there. And I was just fortunate enough to have a dad that would always push me in that right direction because that is what I did with Tri. Like I, I told him I would work for free, like whatever you need, like as long as I'm able to just be in the room, I'll do it. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy to hear like your answer, because I feel like there's just a lot of similarities in the sense of like, yeah, man, just like putting your ego and pride aside and asking someone else and be like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me?
0: Yeah, 100%. It's, it goes a long way with people. And, it, and I think everyone always gets it worked up in their head that their idols or their mentors or the people that they, they want to work with are, are out of reach, untouchable, that mm-hmm. they wouldn't be interested in talking to them. The reality is is anyone that's achieved any decent person that's achieved any level of success wants to help others get to the same or the same level or beyond right truly because they know how tough it is at all the levels below where they're at they know how big of a struggle it is so reaching out or getting anything from those people they want to help but they want to help people that are worth helping so you got to make yourself somebody that's worth helping
1: Right. Even I uh,
0: really the, the the only thing that I have left is I want to kind of do what we did on the the big band team call um, that everyone seemed to like so much, which is the quote talk through a, f- a few of your quotes, okay? And I've got I've got four of yours lined up, and I've got four of mine lined up, okay? Okay. Now. Yours might be originals, mine are definitely not all originals, so I want to preface that. I don't even know if any of these are originals, but I just jot down quotes all the time in my notes, so I I just, I don't have any, uh, I'm not a good job at, not doing a good job at citing it, Um, but uh, I want to start with one of yours, and we can kind of do the same thing that we did on that call.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. So do you want me to explain
1: what this quote means or why I posted it? Both. Well, I think it's pretty self-explanatory in the sense of like, if you're happy, if you're fat and out of shape, like, well, if you keep eating the way you've been eating, like you're going to continue to be fat and out of shape. So like yep. nothing changes if nothing changes. So like you need to change something to at least point you in the right direction. Um, the reason why I posted that, which it's kind of weird. I always remember like why I post something, what like what triggers me to post it. Uh, my dad essentially, like, you know, won't get too much into it, but he like ripped me a new one. He was like, you know, you're acting like X, Y, and Z. This isn't normally like you. You need to pull your head out of your ass. And he was like, you keep wearing the same jacket and you won't take it off. And Those like the being best conversations about it. The yeah, best he conversations was like, with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you need to learn how to take off this jacket and put it on a new one. And I was like, damn, like, That's a lot of truth to it. So like that very next day, like I decided to put on a new jacket and make a different decision and move in a different direction in my life. And I just feel like oftentimes a lot of people end up doing nothing, which is worse than just doing something. It's like, even if it's not in the direction you want to go, at least it's better than what it is that you're currently doing. Because if you keep doing what you've been doing you're going to keep getting what you've been getting and what you have been getting has been shit. So just do something different and something else will come
0: from that. I love it on, okay, one of mine. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. I'd love to hear your two cents on that because I feel like it's kind of related.
1: Damn, that's a good one. I I think, man, that just comes down to like setting the tone. It's like, what what do you, what will you accept and what will you not accept? And I think eliminating the things in your life that you just won't accept when it comes to your environment and and being an example of what you will accept like I think life is a mirror it's not a window so everything that's around you that's within inside of you is nothing but you are allowing so if you allow that to continue whether good or bad like that is it's up to you yeah but what do you what do you think of it though because that's a good one
0: well I'm gonna go off on a little rant and this is gonna be a good clip I think all right Let's hear <laughs> so you. my my opinion on this one is that anyone I think that, that tells you that you can't manifest things in life, doesn't believe in, in just science really. Because my, my parallel to this one is there is study after study, after study, after study, where there's always going to be a control, right? And then there's going to be the experiment, right? And a lot of times in the control group, what do they do? They give that group a placebo, right? What happens in most placebo contexts when everyone's been told they're, that they're getting the same thing? A, a a small amount and sometimes a big amount of the same result that they're t- testing for in the experiment ends up happening because these people think that they're getting this this curing like thing. They they think they're getting this, you know, whether it's creatine and you're looking for muscle growth over time, right? Or whether it's, you know, some some disease that's looking to be cured or I saw one the other day on gluten intolerance, right? And they talked about how that gluten intolerance is a, is a growing problem in the United States, and they, they controlled telling people what, um, they were having the control and the experiment group both eat gluten, right, or gluten, they were being told that they were eating gluten, and they all had symptoms of gluten intolerance. And not a single person, right, on the control group had gluten, but they all had the symptoms of gluten intolerance. So in their mind, just thinking that they were being exposed to this thing, caused real physiological effects inside of their body, right? But it also goes for the benefit side. So like if you're being told that you're getting creatine and you think that this is growing, this is helping me, I'm doing this every day, this is going to be awesome, all the the results I'm going to get, you grow muscle at a faster rate than people that are not even thinking about creatine that are not thinking about any of these things. Right. So what that tells me, right, And, and maybe I'm a little bit ignorant, but what that tells me is that you... The things that you think and the things that you allow inside that rent, right, and headspace inside of your head project into even your physiological effects, but at the very least, they project into your environment, right? Right? So, if you're telling yourself that you're an entrepreneur, you're going to create a huge business, you're going to be successful, you're going to do all of these things, what are you looking for all day, every day? You're looking for opportunities to do what an entrepreneur does. You're looking for opportunities to grow as an entrepreneur. You're looking for opportunities to sell and to grow your business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So to me, that quote, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. People that are products of their environment, they take everything that's happening externally and they let that affect them, right? And so now you have zero control. Everything and everyone else outside of you has control of your life. But if you control your environment, right? If that's a product of you, you have all the control in the world. You can do literally anything. You can put yourself anywhere, right? It's that external locus of control versus internal locus of control. So that was a lot longer rant than I, I intended it for it to be, but no, hopefully that got, makes sense.
1: You, you've been practicing that, haven't you? That was flawless. I've been thinking about it a lot. Dude, you yeah. gotta get that off your chest, my guy. I did. I did. <laughs> that was good. I, I agree with everything you said. Absolutely. Don't be a victim.
0: All right. Yes. All right, next for you. That which you do not hate, you eventually tolerate.
1: Yeah, I, I, I this is a little bit of a, a touchy one because I, I probably won't go into detail like why I posted it, but I just think that it's pretty straight and clear. It's like you get out of life what you're willing to tolerate. So of what you're getting right now, it ties back to the first one of what you're getting right now isn't what you want. And it's pretty shitty. It's like, you need to start doing something different. Like you need to, demand more of yourself. You need to be more aggressive. You need to be more vocal. Like you need to do more with your life, um, to put yourself in a better position. So that way you stop getting what it is that you're getting. So, um, I, I don't know. I feel like all the quotes I put are pretty straightforward and it's like, man, like if you, if you hate it, like if, how do I explain it? Yeah. I I don't know. man. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, don't if, tolerate, if it's a, don't tolerate if it's a minor
0: inconvenience and you don't do something about it. Right, yeah. most people treat their job for their entire lives as a ma- minor inconvenience. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't like it, but they also don't hate it, so they keep doing it forever. And then by the end of you know age sixty-five, when it's time to retire, they look back and they're like, "Why? This was not the payoff that I thought it was going to be. Why did I put myself? That wasn't worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think it's a powerful quote. It's simply put, like you said, it's pretty self-explanatory, explanatory, Terry. I don't know why I can't. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me right now. Um, no. Too many words. But it, it it. if you can really internalize that and look at that in your own life, you're like, what am I tolerating right now? What's an, enough of an inconvenience to, to suck and that I should do something about it? But I'm. it's not enough to where I am currently actively doing something about it.
1: Yeah. And I think, man, it, one, I'm pretty sure it's a Martin Luther King quote uh, that I definitely stole from. But obviously you can like take that quote and put it into everyday life where a lot of people tolerate things and behaviors and actions, not only from themselves, but also other people that they shouldn't tolerate. And that's like, the more and more you tolerate that, the more and more you tolerate that, the thicker skin you build towards that. And sometimes it's a good thing, but I feel like a lot of times it's the bad thing because now you're letting these small things slide that shouldn't be sliding. And now you're building somewhat of resentment towards either someone or something when you need to just address the situation as a whole, because it pissed you off in the beginning get it over with, find a solution in a common ground and then go from
0: there. Yeah, I love it. All right. One of mine, don't bleed before you're cut. What does that mean? So to me, what that means is a lot of times, whether it's a situation that you are, you know, I find this in my own life. If I think that a project is going to be a big, annoying, like huge project or for instance getting set up with my my taxes every year i get so much anxiety about starting that first text chain with my accountant and figuring out what all i'm gonna have to pay and what all this looks like and what all documents i'm gonna have to like pull together and like all of that stuff but it never ends up being as bad as i make it out to be in my head right so that would be an example of bleeding before i'm cut i'm putting this off and i'm avoiding it and i'm not doing anything about it not taking action on something that isn't really probably gonna even gonna cut me but it's it's prematurely just th- guessing that i'm gonna be cut so i'm gonna go ahead and start bleeding that's 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 really good like as soon as you started explaining
1: it, i was like oh i get it i, I say it to myself in a different way and i'm pretty sure it's like just don't things are never as difficult as they seem it's like yes. just do the work it's like we tend to suffer on our own imagination Or if you would just do what it is that you need to get done, you realize it's not as difficult as it seems. It's kind of like on the rear view, on the what mirror this is to your car. It's like objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. It's like, well, things aren't as difficult as they appear either.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, back to you. People care more about how the message is delivered instead of the message itself.
1: Yeah, man, this is this is an interesting one because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, just like the quote goes, people care more about the message instead of the message itself. I have never been someone that has necessarily cared about how the message is delivered. I care more about someone being honest with me and just telling me the truth and what they think instead of beating them around the bush. I'm not expecting you to be an asshole. I'm not expecting you to be any type of way towards me, but I am expecting to be honesty. And sometimes that honesty is going to come across as being an ass or just kind of like, you know, getting your shit together. And I feel like sometimes people just care too much about how the message is being delivered that they actually don't hear the message itself. And because of that, they don't ever get better. Like they don't ever make improvements. They don't ever move forward in their life and make progress because they're so caught up in what someone else said, instead of actually taking the criticism that they're giving and moving forward with it. So I don't, obviously I feel like, you know, we're in an interesting time with our generation in the sense of like, you can't say certain things, you can't be a certain way, where I just tend to like not care. And I'm like, tell me what you think. Be honest with me and let's keep moving on the same boat because I'm not going to take it personal. It's like, if I know you're coming from a very genuine standpoint and you're truly trying to help me, it doesn't matter how you deliver the message. Just tell me it. I won't take it personal and we'll get moving on this boat uh, forward together.
0: Absolutely. It's just something that I've had to work on as I've kind of grown and and matured for sure because I, I traditionally used to re- react emotionally in the moment, like I, I'm somebody that can go from, you know, off to on super quick, if if I get struck in the right, right way, the right mood, all of that, right. And so it, it's taken a lot for me to, I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm more able to remove myself from the emotion of the situation to look at the context of, of what's happening, and what should be, be done or said. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, that's something, again, that you just kind of have to look internally about. And you have to to think, am I getting mad because of how this makes me feel? Is this an ego thing? Or am I getting mad about what this person's actually trying to say to me or help me with? Are they coming from a, a perspective of trying to hurt, trying to cut, right? Or are they coming from a perspective of, I just need you to know this because this is going to be damaging for you if you don't get it addressed. Right. So it's not it's, only that,
1: man, it's like, if, if you get that M.O. in the sense of people can't tell you anything, you get passed up on, you don't get opportunities, and you don't move forward, and like you don't want that.
0: Absolutely. All right. This one is from, let's see. Okay. This goes back to kind of what we talked about earlier with mentors. Everyone you know that's where you want to be figured this problem out, and you can substitute that for anything in life.
1: What do you think? Because I agree with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, like I said, it goes back to that chat with mentors. It's, it's it's, honestly, that's a very comforting quote that I like to go back to because we all feel like our problems are the biggest, baddest, most complex, most earth-shattering thing that anyone's ever encountered, and it's very easy to think that way. But the people that we idolize and the people that we look up to and the people that we're trying to kind of become in life That person encountered a version of this problem and they overcame it and you can too. Yeah. So I like to tell myself that and and remind myself of that because it's like now I don't feel like it's isolated. Right now I don't feel like it's unsolvable. Now I feel like this is something that if somebody else did it, again, that superiority (laughs) complex, right? I can do this too. I can figure this out because there is a solution out there and I know there is because other people have done it before me.
1: Not only that, it's like, I think Alex Jermozzi says something along the lines of this, but like, this is what it takes. Like, that's been a, a phrase that has been ringing in my head, like the past few weeks and months is like, this is just what it takes. Like, this is this is normal. Like, it's normal to like, maybe not be able to like pay for this or, you know, make this payment or something like have this issue, like this is normal and like, that's okay. And I think giving yourself permission to realize that it's normal and that it's okay. And you're going to get past it relieves a lot of stress and pressure with yourself because you probably compare yourself to the external world and people on social media is that you think have it all together when they really don't. Everyone goes through this difficult time and you just have to navigate it.
0: Love it. This is the last one for you, okay? This one's a little bit longer. If we truly wanted to help people, we would teach people how to think instead of what to think. You hit, the, you hit on this with your dad. 99% of people will never know how powerful they are because they were never taught how to powerful their mind was what a shame
1: yeah man and this you know goes back into the main thought about how behind this man is definitely like the education system like i definitely wasn't the smartest in school uh i didn't perform the best man i just didn't do well within the education system and i think a good quote that comes to mind whenever it comes to education is that if you judge a fish by ability to climb a tree it will go his entire life thinking it's stupid And I feel like a lot of times, man, school and education, we put ourselves in this one bubble that really doesn't benefit everyone because everyone has a different learning style and, and, and ability to learn. And I feel like a lot of times we just teach people this one thing, this one message over and over and over again. And we never truly develop people on how to think. And because of that, they're stuck what to think and they never question their own thinking of how they even got this thinking. And I think you can also see this a lot, you know, within politics as well. Is so a lot of people don't ever question why it is they're thinking that the way that they're thinking. Whether you're right or left, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Most people don't ever question why it is that they think the ways that they think. And I feel like we could truly help more people if we taught people how to think and understanding how powerful their mind is. Like you talked about manifestation earlier. I'm not talking about the manifestation where you just sit on your ass and you, you know, you think something to the universe. I'm talking yeah. about manifestation where you think about it you come up like okay like that would be really cool then you work your ass behind it because there's a lot of power to that it's like a lot of people ask them it's just like there's another phrase where a lot of people like to say well I can't afford that it's like well if you say you can't afford that you automatically shut down your brain on how to be able to afford that Where if you would ask yourself how can I afford this your mind goes in the ways of creating possibilities on how you can and because of that you more than likely nine out of ten times Figure out a way of how to afford it. If not, you move on to even something better than that. So I just feel like we do such a big disservice towards a large majority of the population, and because of that, a lot of people walk around feeling like they're stupid. When in reality, they're not. They just weren't how to, they weren't taught how to think correctly.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a true thing. If you if you want to figure it out, you will figure it out. And and yeah. you have to get creative sometimes. You have to get novel. But it's it's there if if you're willing to to take on the challenge. And like I said. With, with that earlier one, if everyone that's been where you want to be has figured it out too, and you can too. Absolutely. Last one I got. Are you familiar with the, the clip of Will Smith talking about how he's willing to die on a treadmill? Yeah. So that, I have always loved that clip so much. So my last quote that I included was, be willing to die on a treadmill. Yeah,
1: I mean... I mean, I agree, like I'm, I'm. when when I dropped out of college, I knew I had uh, two options, either I was going to die trying or I was going to succeed. So there it's like, know. it's all in, like you don't have another choice, like it's either you're going to die to make it come true or you're not. And it's pretty, it's pretty set straight in if you're going against someone that has that mindset, good luck, because you're more than likely going to lose. So that's what I think about it
0: hundred percent. And and that's always kind of stuck with me because I've always felt that way. I've always felt that if, if I'm, if it comes down to me and the other guy on the treadmill, right. Or the other girl on the treadmill or whoever, right. That I'm competing with, it's, it's not going to be me that falls off. I can tell you that. Right. And right. and that comes from, you know, an endless amount of really building up that resilience, building up that equation that we hit on earlier, right. Of, of hard work and consistency over time, because the route truly that that we have chosen the route that any other entrepreneur, right, or or athlete for that matter has chosen. It's not easy. No. You know, and and it it takes like I talked about on on my podcast with Mike, it takes a certain glutton for pain. Like it takes somebody that that kind of enjoys a little bit of that abuse. You know what I mean? It takes somebody that that thrives on the uncertainty on the ups and the, the you know the valleys, the highs and the lows, right? Like it, it takes somebody that is just willing to subject themselves to an abnormal, non you know, non healthy amount of stress and anxiety and joy, right, in some of those those cases. But it, it takes a certain special kind of person. But also so does anything else in life that's worth pursuing.
1: Right. Absolutely, man. I mean I mean, we're, it's always like the thing about as well, it's like you're already all in, like you're going to die one day. So might as well make the journey worth it.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Um, the one last question that I'll ask you that I'm asking every single guest on, on the BAMcast is what are you going to accomplish by any means necessary in your own life?
1: I want part of me wants to give you like a vague answer, like accomplishing all my goals and dreams. Yeah. But I think one big thing, man, that like I'm going to accomplish by any means necessary is just becoming the best version of myself every single day. Like no matter what, I think that's something that is very important to me. I I was talking to someone earlier today, how this, there's this Kobe video that talks about how, you know, the dream is the championships, the endorsements, the rings, the money, but the day-to-day man is in the work that you do every single day. And I think, man, I've started to really embrace this concept of I'm going to do everything I can every single day to become the best me that I can possibly be. And we'll look back five to 10 years from now and see where I'm at, where that's in my business, that's in my finances, that's in my career as a whole, my relationships with other people. So as long as I wake up every single day and have this mindset of by any means necessary, I'm going to be the best me that I can be. I know that five to 10 years from now, I'll look back and I'll be exactly where I need to be and where I want to be and probably even better because it was the day-to-day life and operations and systems that I had in place that got me to where I wanted to be. So that is what I'm going to achieve by any means necessary is being the best me that I can be every day.
0: I love it, dude. All right, what's next for you? Where can people find you? I'll make sure all your socials are down below, but what's next for Alfonso? Uh,
1: obviously, it's my birthday, man, and I had someone yeah. ask me last night what my goals were. I have, I have three to four goals, I feel like. Maybe, I'd probably say four. The last one I'm a little hesitant on. I want to compete again. I don't know why. I just have this, like, itch to compete. It's been on my mind a lot. More, I feel like I'm doing it for the right reasons now. I just, I just want to compete. Couldn't tell you why. I just really want to compete. Number two, I wanna move. Uh, I've been living in the same house for five years now. I'm extremely grateful to have been living in this house for a while. Just want a new move, man. I want a new change of scenery. I want a new change of environment. How we touched on earlier about how your environment, I feel like this environment has served me well, but I need to get yeah. to that next level. So it's like, what environment do I need to put myself in to be that next level? I think maybe
0: Dallas. Maybe maybe will <laughs> down here with me.
1: Oh, why'd you put that into the universe, bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, oh
1: no comment. We'll see. All right. Um number three, I have a certain financial goal that I want to hit. I just feel like if I have this cash on hand, it'll be extremely beneficial just for different opportunities that present itself later down the road. It's been a while since I've had this number in my account, but I just want it to be straight liquid, no attachment to it. It's my money, I can do what I want with it. And number four, man, I want to be more active on social media. Uh I haven't been as active on social media. Mostly because I haven't been in a terrible headspace, but I just haven't had much to say. And if I do feel like I say anything, it might come across as negative. So I just want to be more out on social media and showcasing my day-to-day life, who I am as a person, making a lot more content in the sense of this and the format of this. Uh, And also, man, just like teaching people and helping people in that aspect as well, man. I, I. I don't know everything. I'm not as good as I think I am, but also I'm not as bad as I think I am. I think I'm starting to realize as I'm getting older that I kind of know a few things that have helped me and that have served me that For can sure. definitely help younger people or even people within my position now. So I just want to do a better job at showcasing who I am and making more of a actual effort on posting on social media and being uh, intentful with it. I love it. So Yeah, I- and if you want to find me on social media, it's, I mean, Instagram, Alfonso Lopez LL, and that's pretty much where I'm at.
0: Yep. I'll link it down below. Um, but man, I certainly hope you do. I, I know we talk pretty frequently anyways, but I, I love keeping up with you and, and seeing everything that you're doing, man. So I hope, uh, I hope you'll let everybody else in, in as well to let them follow along with the journey. But
1: I, I appreciate that, man. If anything, thank you for having me on and, uh, you know, we did it on my birthday, but I, w- I was excited to do it on my birthday one cause I get to talk to you like my boy. So I was, I was looking forward to it all day, man.
0: Well, I'm glad. I'm sorry I took up so much of your, your birthday time. Now, go have a birthday dinner. Go go yeah. enjoy yourself. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope you did have a great birthday and love you, man. Always looking up to you, man. And if there's everything, anything I can do to to help you out, you 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 know where to find me. Love you too, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you here soon. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for your time.
1: Of course, bro. See ya.